I want to talk to you today about this subject. Prove grace. Everybody say prove grace. While imprisoned in Egypt, Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's butler as well as his baker, who were also thrown in jail for offending their master. Whew. I got one agreement out of that. So while imprisoned in Egypt, Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's butler and baker, who were also thrown in jail for offending their master. The two dreams were simple. The baker is told that Pharaoh will hang him in three days. And the second was the butler learned that he will be restored to his position. And Joseph's predictions for these two came to pass. Anytime God is in it, it will happen. There's no reason to ask why when you know God is in control. That shouldn't even be in our terminology. Why God? But rather it should be, yes, Lord. And then he interpreted Pharaoh's dream which saved all of Egypt two years later. With this being said, Joseph was favored by the king of Egypt because he told as well as interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. Joseph was then pulled out of prison and placed over the feud or food distribution while the country was suffering from famine. But in Exodus 1.8 it says, After the passing of Joseph, a new king arose in Egypt that knew not Joseph, nor knew the God of Joseph. I'm going to pause and tell you tonight, today that just because we don't have favor with men don't mean we lose purpose with God. Hear what I'm saying. We are not qualified by people. We are not called by people. We are not saved by people. A world system cannot save you. Saints cannot save you. Mother Mary cannot save you. And just because we don't have favor with men don't mean we lose purpose with God. God's people didn't lose purpose at the death of Joseph nor at the idea that Pharaoh did not know Joseph nor Joseph's God. I want to say to you that man didn't give it to me, and man can't take it away. The devil didn't give it to me, and the devil can't take it away. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Do I get a witness here today of someone that would say, I have purpose with God. Some of you have lost your faith in that purpose because you've allowed people to define your faith. But what would happen if we all would say, Lord, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. What matters is what do you say? What is your plan? What is your purpose. God, what was I created for? Amen. Listen to me very carefully. This world, and I've said it, I've said it time and time again, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Listen, Joseph, Egypt is not where your home is at. Church, this world is not where your home is at. I'm telling you that we are here for only a season. Remind yourself every day when you wake up and get yourself out of bed that it's not what is going on in our world and it's not what people are saying on the news, but it's more about what God has purposed me to be.
Luke 18, 24 said, And when Jesus saw uh, that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? They were asking him, Can a rich man be saved? And Jesus saw that they were very sorrowful. And he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Then he says, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. What's interesting about this is he creates an impossible scenario. Because he was saying that a camel cannot go through the eye of a needle. But then he says, and they that heard it, who then can be saved. This is impossible to be saved. That's right. It is if you believe your salvation comes from others. None of this will make sense to you. If you believe that your pastor can save you, then none of this makes any sense whatsoever. If you believe just coming to church will save you, then you really don't understand having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And simply because you're included, and I talked about it this morning, and socially connected does not mean that you are saved. Jesus was creating an impossible scenario, and when he, he knew... Uh, that they were grieving in their spirit as to why cannot rich people be saved. Then they heard this and they said, then who can be saved? And he says in this, next verse, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. What they cannot do for you, I can Oh, I'm trying my best as a pastor to pull people from worldly thinking. That doesn't mean you're worldly. It just means that your mind is on the things that have been told you by the world. And so what we got to do is we got to quit thinking like the world. Hollywood should not define what is class and what is not. Amen. Our government should not tell us what is valuable and what is not. What I'm trying to say is your friends that don't understand why you come to church should not be the voice in your life where they're the ones that tell you that you're odd or strange or that it's weird to go to church and why it isn't once a week fine no no you say I'm going to live for God and the reason I'm going to live for God is I understand something the world doesn't understand and that's why I can say again the world didn't give it to me so the world can't take it away but since the world didn't give it to me I don't expect the world to understand that's why I don't ask the world is it proper for me to dance in church I tell you why I dance is because I have a relationship with a God that makes me excited and I get all worked up. Why? Amen. And I don't need the world to tell me how many times I should go to church. Amen. Every day is the Sabbath to me because I got it in my spirit and in my heart. Amen. I got the Holy Ghost dwelling in my life. I don't need the world to tell me. I don't need friends to tell me I have this for myself. Amen. I feel the Spirit of God on me today. I don't know why I feel so good, but I, I feel good right now. Amen. I feel good, Sister Williams. Amen. I tell you, I think we need to loosen up and break the chains of bondage and, and quit waiting on the world to qualify who we are. When we are the church of the living God. We are the people that are called by his name, that the world needs to see, that we're as on fire for our God as the world is for their God gods hallelujah what's impossible with man is possible with god amen man has never opened a blind eye but my god has man has never stopped stopped a deaf ear but my god has man has never saved a soul but my god has amen somebody shout hallelujah Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Oh, come on, come on, stand to your feet and let's just give God some praise. Amen. You may be seated when you get out of prison. There's not anybody in this world can tell you not to be excited. When you come out of Egypt, I can almost hear you say this. I am free. I am free. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I am free. Hallelujah. That's why Pentecostal people like to dance. I'll tell you why. You see some of these kids running around. I've seen it on your face. Some of you looking at them like, what are they doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're releasing something that maybe unless we become us little children, we'll never understand. Amen. They're releasing something. They're saying, I'm just going to give it to the." They don't know why. They're just doing it. But the reason it's so powerful is because it's called child like faith. There have been times I've been in a trial all the way up to my nose trying to swim and just about ready to go under. Come to church feeling like I have been defeated and nothing else can get me out of this. But I've got this one chance. Nothing else could. But I got this chance. No one else could. But I got this chance. Amen. It seems like everything is going wrong. But my God, as soon as I walked into the church, I still didn't feel it. It didn't feel right. But I'll tell you what I did do. I started dancing anyway. I started shouting anyway. And before it was over, I could feel the presence of God sweep over my spirit and say, the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. Ah. Ah, what's impossible with men is possible with God. I will tell you, I got to be honest. I don't only have church for Jesus. I have church for the devil. Now, hear what I'm saying. The Bible says Pharaoh was afraid. In fact, in Exodus 1.9, it says, and he said unto his people. Now, you want to know what the world was talking about? You don't want to know what all of the hell and all of its demonic forces are talking about right here. And he said unto the people, behold, the people of the children of Israel. Behold, the people of the Pentecostals are finished. Are more and mightier. Then we, we, oh, if, if I could get, get some, some of you to realize this today, amen, more and mightier, more and mightier, you might feel insignificant, but I'm going to tell you, God says, as long as you're my children, you need to put down your own ability and pick up what I can do, because it's not by might, nor by your power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You want to see things happen, you need to trust in your God. The enemy's afraid of us. The devil's afraid of us. He is worried to death, no pun intended, that you might just get a hold of what I'm preaching and begin to believe it. Ah, dance on your faith, not dance on your victory. He's worried about that. He doesn't mind casual Christians. What bothers him is Christians who have faith even in the midst of their valley. So when he looks at you, he says, I don't know. I don't know what in the world is coming. But I know this one thing. If they ever get faith, 
if they ever start believing what that preacher's preaching. I'm in trouble. That's what the devil's saying. Watch. He says, and he said unto his people. He's talking to all of hell right now. Talking to his people. That if Lupe ever really gets a hold of this. He's a dangerous man. He's a dangerous man. Uh, I am commissioning all the men of the Pentecostals of Phoenix. Man up. Get to the place where you become leaders. Leaders in what? Leaders in your worship when you come to the house of God. Leaders is when you go down to the altar and show your family what it is to really repent of your own sins. Leaders in the home with your wives and your children. Leaders, come on, someone in your giving. Leaders in every aspect of your life. Why? Because the devil's afraid with what I'm talking about right now. If it ever gets into you, it's going to be the greatest revival we have ever seen. Amen. Brother Hawks, I believe that we need men that will start filling all of our men events from hiking to prayer, from prayer to our Bible classes where men start showing up in numbers and saying, I'm going to be counted. I'm going to be counted as a man of God so that they can see and the world can see that when they talk about me, what they say is true. God, I haven't preached like this in a long while. The devil is afraid and fearful of your potential. He said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Tip the verse. Come on. Let, Let us, us deal, deal wisely, wisely with, with them. them. Lest, Lest they, they multiply. multiply. And it comes to pass that, that when there falleth out any war, war they, they join, join also unto the enemies and fight against us. And so, so get, them get them up, up out, out of the land. land. He's, He's saying, saying we got to root up these, this problem. problem. Two things he says here. Let us deal with them wisely. Meaning, let's persecute them. Because if these people ever get it here, they're going to get unity with the other churches out there. Because this is not the only church. We need to go arm in arm with those that see the devil as an enemy and join together in the great truth of this gospel so that we are not just this church thinking we're the only ones being saved. And if you go across town, you're lost. That is an absolute lie. We need to embrace the unity of the faith, and the faith is our doctrine. We believe Jesus Christ is God. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe that being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And come on, let, he said, let us deal wisely with them. What that really means is if the devil can only get to us, he might be able to defeat us. But if we join together with other people that believe this great gospel, there's not anything the government, there's not anything the world, there's not anything the enemy, there's not anything the devil, there's not any demonic force that can come against the church because we're in unity with the good, old-fashioned grace of God. He was afraid. What did he do? 11 first says, therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with, with their, their burdens. burdens. They, they built, built for, for Pharaoh, Pharaoh treasured. treasured or treasure cities, Pythium, Ramesses, Ramesses. The problem with Pharaoh is this. 
Pharaoh didn't even recognize that what he was doing was proving God's people to love him more than affliction. To love their God more than they worried about opposition. To love their God. Twelfth verse says, but the more they afflicted them, <laughs> the more they multiplied. And the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. And this grieved Pharaoh because of God's children. I want to serve notice today that there is nothing going to stop the church. There is nothing going to stop the church. It's like pruning a citrus tree. Prune the citrus tree. Next season it has more fruit. Prune, I had, I had a, a uh, lemon tree. The, tr the lemons were so many on that tree that the branches were starting to fall over. And what happened is I tried my best to prune the tree now because there were so many, so many uh, or, uh, lemons on it. And I kept pruning, pruning, pruning. Next season was more and more and more and more. My neighbors loved me. Because they didn't even have to have a lemon tree because it was hanging over in their yard and they're plucking this because branches were falling off. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I got to get this off my neighbor's yard. And I'm up there pruning and my neighbor says, hey, don't take that branch. We'll wait until we get our <laughs> lemons off of it. That's exactly what was happening. Every time he would cut away a branch or every time he would try to afflict them and every time he would try to put them down, every time he would do that, guess what? Four more were birthed after one was taken uh, unto death. And, and it seemed like every time he tried his best to destroy the church, that's why the church rose up and it began to meet the challenge of the enemy. What I am saying right now is we're not going to land here. We're not going to land over there in the next building. But God's getting ready to give us the greatest move of the revival we have ever seen. Why? Because every time he pushes us, every time he tries to afflict us, every time he says, you cannot do it, you rise up and say, we shall. For with God all things are possible. Mm. All right. You cannot stop this. Psalm 66.10 says this, For thou, O God, hast proved us. Everybody say proved. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Joseph, just because you've been lied about, your brother sold you into slavery. You've been rejected. He was in Potiphar's house. And she, Potiphar's wife, tried to take you. And then when you declined, she got a hold of your coat of many colors. Accused. You went to prison. But the real question is, Pharaoh, can I trust you with your trial? You're going to quit? Can I trust you with your trial? Can I trust you with your affliction? Pharaoh, are you going to quit? No. He didn't. He took his place and said, God, you're just as big in this prison as, I, as you was when I was outside of this prison. You're still God. So what I need to do, Pharaoh, uh, to, uh, Joseph, is even though Pharaoh is afflicting you, can I trust you? There's such a neglect. God in our world today. 
In fact, the Bible even says, they know not God, thus they have made themselves fools. In Psalms 53, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Joseph, you're in an environment where they claim that there is no God. Pentecostals of Phoenix, you're in a world today, unlike ever before, that does not believe in a God at all. The only gods, gods they believe in are Mother Earth and the gods of the universe and false gods. But yet there's only one God. And that is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. My daughter read something to me. can't remember if it was Coral or Raina. It said, how can we be the salt of the earth if we sugarcoat our messages? Let me talk about that. Did you know darkness is simply the absence of light? That's why the church, just like Jesus was the light of the world, that sitteth on a hill that cannot be hidden. But the more we take God out of the picture, the Bible says, it's nothing but foolishness. We've become lethargic. Churches have been falling asleep on the pews. People go to church for entertainment because they have rock star preachers, as one song puts it. They sit around and, and have all the entertainment. And they start church at 11, make sure that they're out by 12 because they're on a strict, strict time frame. Where our altars are no longer full and people are no longer praising. And they think dancing is dancing with another partner rather than dancing with the Spirit. That's why if, if it, I've had people ask me, why don't you have flag dancers? Because it's a distraction to the Spirit. That's why. I don't want to try to entertain you. Someone asked me, they said, why can't, why can't we bring our flags in in our flag worship in your church? I said, because you're distracting me. And plus, I can't even see my song leader when you're doing it. Because they're up there. I'm like, listen, worship cannot be something that is entertained by people. Worship has to come from the individual. If you, if you lift your hands... If you lift your hands, it's because you have expressed yourself based on a relationship you have with your God. You can't just do those things to be doing those things. If you're just running around because you want to run around and you're just, look at me. Then I'm going to say, sit down. Because your worship ought to express your gratitude to a God that's delivered you, not because of entertainment. And that's the reason why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching is a lot of churches are allowing entertainment and it's a substitute for the true spirit of God. We need, unlike before, for the church to get back down on her knees and there be a move of God where we humble ourselves in the presence of the supernatural anointing of God's presence. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey Amen. Don't get me wrong. I believe in running. I believe in dancing. I love to see people do it. But please do it because you're doing it out of the love for your God, not just because of entertainment. Darkness is simply the absence of light. The moment we take God out of the church, there is no light in the church. Darkness is absolutely nothing.
That's why the Bible says darkness was on the face of the deep. Then the Spirit of God moved. Hallelujah. Then the Spirit of God moved. He moved upon the deep. He moved upon the waters. He moved, he moved, he moved upon the land and all the life and the sea life. And, and life cannot exist in darkness, so God had to move. Flowers and vegetation don't grow in darkness. A life would die because having no oxygen. We need the oxygen that comes from the flowers and the sun that gives life to the flowers. What am I talking about? Once we lose God in the church, I'm telling you, everything that is alive, everything that has uh, given us the life and the oxygen spiritually will die. Just the absence of God. I'm not talking about sin. I'm, not, I'm just talking about leaving God out of the equation. Amen. When we come to the house of God, we can go through all the motions and get all excited and still live in darkness. But there's got to be a spirit of God in the house if we want to have life. What I am preaching is that if you do not have the spirit of God in your life, you're not making claim that there is a God that can save you. But what I am preaching is saying, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And when you do this, accept him in your obedience to say, I want the light of Jesus Christ in my life. I want my pastor to preach light. I want the people to live light. I want the uh, ministerial staff to show that the light of God is going to be in the house of God so that I can have this light in my spirit. Mm. Y'all still with me? I noticed, I noticed uh, Brother Brent didn't say, preach on, Pastor. Last time I checked my watch, all of you said, preach on. Remember that? And I said, I'm not, I'm not looking at my watch to see what time it is. I'm just looking at how many steps I got in. <laughs> so because of Joseph, because Joseph found favor with the king, God would show his grace also to Egypt through favor. God has shown his grace to this world through this church and through the church. And let me just say that the children of Israel are more and mightier, the children of the church are more mightier than they that are in the world. We are God's children. We're mighty not in our own ability, but we're mighty through Christ. Iniquity abounds, but salvation much more abounds. God is going to provide a means of escape. How? Through grace, through grace, through grace, through grace. Romans 5.20 simply says this, and I'm coming to the conclusion of my message. It says, moreover, the law entered the effect. Entered that the offense might abound. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, I must say grace, did much more abound. Let me just say this, that there's going to be offense there. There's going to be hurt there. There's going to be pain. There'll be times in your life that you're not going to understand and you're going to have questions. Sin will always be present. Sin will always be around. But grace is greater than those offenses. Sin cannot, get this, sin cannot keep God's people down. Discouragement can't keep God's people down. Hate cannot keep God's people down. Hurt cannot keep God's people down. Deception cannot keep God's people down. False doctrine cannot keep people down, God's people down. Idolatry and false gods cannot keep God's people down. Kingdoms and governments cannot keep God's people down. Satanic dom uh, dominions cannot keep God's people down. 
The devil cannot keep God's people down. Wars cannot keep God's people down. I shall prove, put my title up there, I shall prove grace. I'm going to prove that God still is on the throne. So when I have church, I have church not only for Jesus, but I want the devil to see it too. I have church for the devil so he can see that I'm still through it all living for my God. That I still am going to prove that grace is greater than the offense. We are mighty in His grace. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that, you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The grace of the Lord and the grace of our God gives you power to overcome. Grace is the light. Grace is the light. And without that grace, all you have is darkness. Grace is the light. We are the people that are the salt of the world. That's why we can't sugarcoat it. We are the people that are the light of the world. That's because we're not going to let grace be removed. It says that the more Pharaoh afflicted them, the more they multiplied. The more he afflicted them, the more they grew. And they were grieved or they were overcome. They were overtaken by the testimony of the people of God that they would not waver, they would not change. That's why it says in 1 Peter 4.12, Listen to me for just a few more moments. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you as though something, some strange thing happened to you. But he says, rejoice in as much as you are partakers with Christ. The affliction that you have, Pharaoh, or Joseph, and the affliction that Pharaoh has put upon you is not strange. It's just proving grace. That's all it's doing. It's just proving to see whether or not you're willing to live under the grace of a God that loves you no matter what you're going through. Try me so that the glory may be revealed. But rejoice, 13th verse, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that which or that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be able also with exceeding joy. Be glad also with exceeding joy. That you might be glad with exceeding joy. When his glory is revealed, you can still rejoice. Because you can say, try me. It's not strange. Because I'm going to become stronger. Throw me in the fire, but I'm going to come out of the ashes. Put me in the lion's den, but my God's going to clone the lion's mouth. They, there may be days that I'm down, but I'm not out. When I'm down, it only motivates me to prove, prove the grace of God. Mercy is being extended all the way to the end of my trial. The deeper I'm in, in this problem, the bigger my God proves me. Little trial, little God, but the bigger the trial, the bigger my God. Trusting for God, in God. David said this in Psalm 66.10, For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. The enemy has worked on me, but I'm going to prove grace. It's tried every time to destroy me. And every time he has tried to mean harm, it only tempered me. Every time the enemy has tried to destroy my life and my future, and he has pressed me, it's only tempered me. He's pushed me, but it's tempered me. He's bent me, but it's tempered me. 
And the day that he breaks me is the day I'll multiply like the children of Israel and become greater. Broken, 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 broken. That's the greatest way to prove grace is to be broken. That's why the Bible says that he loves a broken and a contrite spirit. Let's all stand. That's why he says that we should humble ourselves in the presence of an almighty God. Why? Because when you are broken, you're showing, think it not strange when the fiery trials try you as some, some, some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in as much as you're partakers with him. When you're broken, you get to identify with his brokenness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. worked on me, but I shall prove grace. Tried every time. The devil has meant harm. It's only meant me a better person. Because when I am broken, I shall multiply. Prove grace.
Maria is getting ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Floyd is getting ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Floyd came up to me today and he said, I want to be baptized. What do I need to do? And I said, well, all you got to do is let either Sister Hinojosa know and we'll get you on the schedule. And so here we are today. He just chose today to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So, amen. I know he had it and just made a decision to do it before now, but today is when he actually... Uh, put it on the schedule and I'm so glad that he did because God's getting ready to wipe away and to bury a lot of stuff. Amen. Floyd, upon the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins.
This is the little mini me, Jesse. It's getting ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. Jesse, upon the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Jazlyn, upon the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Weldon is getting ready to get ready to come out and be baptized in the name of Jesus. So, amen. Isn't this great stuff? This is what it's all about right here, folks. Uh, taking all of our sins and putting them in the grave with Jesus Christ. This is awesome. Amen.
Weldon says he's been coming to church here for about a month and a half, and he's been to every service or Sunday since then, so that's awesome. of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. <laughs> 